Hey everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Okay, listen, folks, I get it. You're sitting here listening to us talk, and there's also uh, a band playing in the background. I know it's a little loud in here. Uh, but I did hire this marching band for the entirety of the episode, so we've got to get our, you know, our usage out of them. Uh, I'm having them play through as many of Sousa's uh, marches as possible because... Daniel Sousa's marches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not nearly as good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are, in fact, quite bad. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm aware that it's just people flailing about behind me. No. Uh, yeah, listen, I know it's a, an odd choice, but... Liz, I, I, gotta, I gotta notate that today is in fact July 4th. Uh, mm. It is America's birthday. But did you also know that it's Steve Rogers' birthday? What a coincidence. What an amazing coincidence. What a coinky dink. And like, not at all somehow like any type of foreshadowing when you <laughs> first pick up issue one and go, Steve Rogers. Born July 4th. I wonder if he's Captain America, right? <laughs> you know, they kind of just tell you straight out, right? Uh, right? But the thing is, I did want to do this little, you know, soiree here for his birthday because there's a really interesting and cool thing to me that when we broke down the schedule, I was so excited to see that, A, we did have an episode landing on the 4th of July, not because I necessarily, like, love the holiday or anything, but simply because... The fact that it is Steve Rogers' birthday and we are in Captain America is a cool thing in and of itself. Absolutely. To add on top of that, the fact that, yes, we have had the scene where Project Rebirth is a success, where he steps out of the machine, the fighter rays and the chemicals have done their, you know, their shtick, and he's yep. clearly now absolutely ripped. Yep. But that in and of itself does not birth Captain America. Mm, interesting, yeah. The moment that births Captain America is the moment that he essentially erupts from his chrysalis here right. and takes off. Yeah. When he takes flight knowing his mission, knowing yep. his purpose, that is the birth of Captain America. Absolutely. As we saw um, on Friday, the, the birth of Captain Carter where uh, Peggy Handel sort of things exactly the same but more quickly and more mm -hmm. efficiently <laughs> yeah i mean like you know basically like a competent woman you know versus well, a, and a tra i mean a trained agent right frankly. Well, like, no, i meant like versus yeah. a very incompetent man right. who's right. like i'm exactly. doing my best um uh what if i run real fast <laughs> yeah pretty much and, hey that's gonna come into play real quick here haha Peggy Carter is such a fucking badass. Oh, like, so for sure. I like that's the, the thing. I that's the that's why I honestly frequently when people are kind of like, I don't think I'd watch you know Agent Carter. I'm like, but you kind of should honestly because yeah. she's one of the best people that we've had. You know, it's like she's she's pretty fucking cool. Like um, that, like the shot they have of her, like just holding the gun there and just like oh taking god, aim. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. We're, well, yeah, don't worry, we're about to get to oh. that. Okay. So this scene that we are talking about and already raving about is from Captain America, the first Avenger. And this is minute 38 and 38 seconds. 
uh, and it's going to end at 43 minutes and four seconds. Ooh. So almost a full five minutes of, of action and scenes happening. Oh, yeah. So here is what happens in that scene. The Hydra agent comes through the secret door and shoots the store owner. She lays a clip into the ceiling instead of him as he clips her shoulder. He grabs her weapon and runs out yelling in German to his compatriot. His partner gives him cover fire. The U.S. agents fire back and get the partner in the process. The Germans commit a drive-by and kill those agents at the door. Peggy runs outside in heels because she rules, and she stands there straight as an arrow in the middle of the street and shoots and nails the driver in the head. <sighs> the Hydra thief then steals a cab. Okay, actually, sorry, I need to go backwards because I cut something for time just because I didn't think it added much to the story, but we actually mentioned this earlier. Before she shoots, something that does happen is we once again see a lighter flick open and then a car explodes. And she's like, whoa, that's crazy. Anyway, and then yeah. shoots the guy in the head right. and, and just, you know, the car slams into a, a, a cab. He runs over to see. He's like, hey, this guy's dead. The Hydra thief then steals a cab and Peggy faces him down in the street once more, getting ready to take aim and take him out. Uh, but Rogers tackles her out of the way before she can be run over. She yells, I had him. He says, sorry, and then runs faster than any car available on the road. <laughs> he runs so fast, in fact, that he can't quite control himself as he careens through a bridal shop window. He once again apologizes. I love that awkward, in like insecure Rogers is still yeah. just apologizing for every single thing, uh, even though he is now absolutely cut up. Yeah. Um, so he By then the glass. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. He John McClane's it for sure in this moment, right? For sure. He then eight foot vertical leaps over a fence as if he's been running track his whole life and hurdles were, you know, something that he's been doing since age five. Uh, and then he is back into playing into the middle of traffic, putting his New York jaywalking skills to the test. Uh, after some impressive baby's first parkour, he leaps onto the top of the Lucky Star cab. The Hydra guy immediately starts swinging the car violently to try and lose him. And when that doesn't work, he starts looking up and just shooting. So, yeah. of course, he's not looking at the road. So the car crashes and it flips. And in this uh, accident, it sends Steve and the door that he is clinging to uh, flying in a different direction. When the man gets out of the car, uh, he takes aim and Steve's lifts up a makeshift shield of this car door with a star perfectly situated in the middle. Pretty interesting imagery here, almost as if hmm. it's foreshadowing something. Hmm. And then the man kidnaps a little ginger boy. Uh, he he chases after, sorry, Rogers chases after him. And when the man runs out of bullets, eventually he tosses the kid in the river. Steve stops, but the kid says, I can swim. So Rogers pursues the Hydra man. Uh, speaking of Hydra man, a submarine that Hydra clearly stole from the Batman set emerges and he jumps in. He hits the lighter again then. That's right. You're that is yeah. true. He does hit the lighter, which also like, how do you know you've hit the correct one? Uh, right. It's it's so weird. Uh, do they all have different like different designs on the side? Yeah, so he exactly. goes, yeah. oh, this one has Big Bird. I know that this is the you know, <laughs> whatever. So uh, the submarine, though, does appear and he jumps in it super quickly. Uh, Steve Rogers jumps into the water and uh, just sort of takes off like a little dolphin. And he eventually breaks it open and pulls the man up on. Sorry, he doesn't actually pull the man up onto the docks from the water he throws him into the air and he lands on his back hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. After a brief scuffle, the last bit of super soldier serum is shattered on the ground. Steve Rogers asks him, who the hell are you? 
and he says, the first of many, cut off one head and two more shall take its place. And he breaks the cyanide pill in his fake tooth and he promptly dies after giving one final hail Hydra. Yes. Roger then looks at his muscles and his dead assailant in a mix of emotions, <laughs> which is the funniest end to a scene, I feel like. For literally, he stands up and it's about five seconds of him like just looking at his arms that are honestly just cannons for sure. Yeah. And then he looks back down at the man on the ground, like, whoa. I did that. But it's also like he's being crowded by people at this point. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you should not be here anymore. Like, you, you need to leave. So there's a lot to cover in this scene, right? Absolutely. And we kind of talked about it a little bit before. We were kind of already fangirling about Peggy mm. just standing in the street and just, you know, eagle eye shooting over here. But there's a lot of different things from this scene to point out. Um, Absolutely. The first one comes back into play from... The previous scene that we've mentioned uh, that had Kruger in it. Yes. The thing of note, of course, is that Kruger in the movie actually remains unnamed. Right. And I, I, it wasn't until you were mentioning this that made me realize how important it is. And it's simply because Roger's only question that he gets out basically is, who the hell are you? Yeah. And he doesn't answer who he is. Instead, he yeah. does the first of many. That's a good point. And then cut off one head and two more shall take its place. So he asks a question and the answer that he's given, of course, just leads to more questions. Um, and that might be why he looks to his muscles. Uh, I've got a couple other facts here. Uh, sure. And so uh, do you want to do some like scene facts first or do you want to do any kind of... Uh, do we have any Avengers ensembles? I have here? I have a couple Avengers ensembles. I have a uh, what a novelization idea, and oh, I right. have I just want to um, deliver on something I I said a couple scenes ago. Sure. Um, so do you want just, me to go first, or let me just say this thing, and you can sure, go, yeah, yeah. and then um back when we met the antique lady, mm -hmm. I mentioned uh, Chekhov's Tommy gun, and <laughs> this is the scene where it pay, where that pays off. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's three interesting things that I wanted to point out from this scene. The first is that the Lucky Star Cab Company is a fictional company mm -hmm. uh, specific to the MCU, uh, but the car that we've seen obviously is real. During the 1930s and 1940s, DeSoto and Plymouth models became very popular for taxi cab fleets. They offered mm -hmm. a great deal of space and style. Uh, for example, in 1935, Plymouth and DeSoto offered the taxicab industry a seven-passenger sedan model with larger tires than Ooh. traditional consumer vehicles. They also offered a fleet of Airstream DeSoto four-door sedan models specifically painted and fitted for the yellow cab company, which is what this is supposed to essentially give you the idea of because it's right. A, the, the only yellow cab, uh, right. but then also it's a yellow cab that then now just has a star in the center. Um, and so this particular car that we're seeing is the DeSoto four door sedan. Okay. Um, so this is historically accurate. Um, just at least with the fictional company. Right now. Uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going okay, to do this one next. Uh, Brooklyn pier 13 is where they enter yeah. for this moment. Uh, I looked all over the map and this, version of this pier is actually a fictional creation for the Marvel movie. Interesting. Uh, pier 13 is actually in Hoboken. Huh. Uh, so uh, they just moved it across the water here. 
Um, right. But this is also the first time I've ever heard of New York stealing something from New Jersey to be a part of their identity instead of the other way around. Uh, so that's also a little slam on New huh. Jersey. Take that one, guys. Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, I, I wrote this. Uh, Pier 13 is actually from Hoboken, right across the river and just a little bit sadder. Um, <laughs> the Brooklyn piers in real life uh, in this area are Pier 6 at Atlantic Avenue. Um, and some later additions to Brooklyn piers after the 1940s include piers 25 and 57. Hmm. Uh, so just a little, just a little fun fact about piers. Um, Absolutely. Call that peer pressure. Am I right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Finally, though, here's a hmm. fun little thing for us. When Rogers is about to enter the shipyard, yes, we can briefly see behind him a giant billboard with FDR, who we <laughs> last saw in 1931 with Agent Coulson. And the billboard says, USO deserves the support of every individual citizen. And I think that that's great of having him stand in front of that sign, because yeah. I like to call that foreshadowing part two. Uh, absolutely. USO shadowing. <laughs> and so I think that that's a fun thing that we will come back to very soon. I uh, I noted it, and I didn't put FDR, who is an extant character mentioned on my spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. uh, this is his 10th mention. Um, and I was like, unless Colin and mentions- third, And his third appearance, right? Uh, I believe so. He has he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times we mentioned him in 1931. Oh, okay, times. So it it may be that he was only because. Yeah. So I think Anyways. we only see him physically like three, maybe four times. Yeah. So if that's the case, then this is like the fourth or fifth time that we've yeah. seen FDR, but this time it's yeah. just in picture. Exactly. But at that point, though, like that's all my facts and okay. interesting things from this scene. Uh, you know, just really that like I the the interesting thing here is that we have already talked about cars and their speeds during this yeah. time period. I mean, we we stopped in the 30s, but like honestly, they didn't get too much faster until later. And also because of the, you know, law of the land of streets and some of that in this area, the cars certainly aren't going to go that fast. Right. Um, because even even now, even in the 40s traffic in new york is pretty bad right uh but like it does show how he is super human fast at this point because he is able to just take off uh and also again be able to just run up them and like leap from car to car with no issue absolutely yeah uh, it's a really good chase scene in my opinion i think it's fascinating that frequently in movies what you see is someone on foot trying to find a way to get away from a car in a busy city. Right. Usually not the other way around. Right. Uh, and so right. it is also really kind of cool to see that reverse of that. Absolutely. It is. Uh, so uh, that's if you want thing. our discussion about uh, high speed car chases, uh, you can go to the episode from 1931 that came out on January 9th for minutes uh, starting at minute 4106. But that's all that I have, though, James. And thank you. Thank you for giving us that note as well. So Absolutely. To help yep. us link back. Uh, but at this point, we are ready for some Avengers Ensemble. Avengers Ensemble. Absolutely. Here are some Avengers Ensemble that I, when I saw them, I was like, well, these characters have to be in this scene but 
Okay, so uh, the first is credited as Kruger's aide. And the reason why I was mostly confused was, did we see Kruger as Fred Clemson have like a helper? And we didn't. This is the, fir- the first time we see him is he is there. And, and like you said, Kruger's like, hey, get the car started or whatever. And then he promptly gets shot. So Kruger's aide is played by a guy named Sergio James. Great last name. Then, uh, and this is the only thing that I recognized or sort of would uh, noted for for him. Okay, uh, undercover bum number one. Now we've seen we Isn't saw every these, bum undercover. Uh, these are secret agents, though. So like, no, I'm uh, sorry. I that was supposed to be a butt joke about butts being oh covered I see, up. I, see. I realize though that now saying that out loud does sound like I'm claiming that you know people that are called bums are yeah right. you know I, maybe I'll just not right. keep that. One. Uh, we saw these. We saw these undercover uh, bums as they're credited in the credits uh, when they went in, but we just saw sort of like a glimpse because they were supposed to be like stage dressing. But it turns out they're actually Shield agents. Um, and the first one is played by Marcello or Marcello, maybe Walton. Uh, uh, notable uh, credits. He was in the movie Rush, uh, which I noted mm. because that is a movie that stars Chris Hemsworth. Um, I oh. believe it is about car racing. Um, under, undercover bum number two was uh, played by a guy named uh, Vincent Montuel. Uh, he was in the movie Hannah. Um, mm-hmm. And then he was in one episode of MI5 because he is British. British. Of yep. course. Um, <laughs> that is MI, like right. letter M, letter I, not like MI5 or MI6. <laughs> How old am, am I? Am I human or am I dancer? Right, exactly. Thing about exactly. them being stage dressing and stuff like that. I mm. will say the fact that they are undercover agents yeah. uh, that are also like dressed to be like homeless people yeah. does make me think of now. I, I feel comfortable mentioning this because we are so many years out from this, but there is a moment uh, that features Maria Hill in Agents of Shield, where mm-hmm. she is being tailed every every day because of something that happened in Captain America two. And then she is on the phone with someone at one point and she's like, today's, you know, followers include, and she starts labeling people that are supposed to be inconspicuous. And of course she can spot them from a mile away. And the best one though, she says a homeless man, which honestly is unbelievably insensitive or something like that. Or maybe, (laughs) maybe she says it highly inappropriate or something like that, which I was like, God, that's such a good line. And also so true, but like, it's so funny that it shows that like, Technically, that's not Shield, but the idea that Shield people still deal with that, though, right, right. even in the future, is kind of an interesting, probably <laughs> unintentional callback. Right, but it is there, you know? Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Kruger's driver, who is the second guy to get shot, uh, is played by a guy <laughs> named uh, Fabrizio Santino. Um, Different access guy. Absolutely. Sorry, uh, that, I guess I shouldn't imply that he himself is actually right. Right. Uh, access. He's somewhere going, I'm a nice guy. Come on. <laughs> it's me, Fabrizio. <laughs> um, so he played a character named Crazy Steve in a movie called Gangsters, Guns, and Zombies. Possibly a oh. video game. I'm not sure. But the title was very Hang alluring what, What's to it me. called again? Gangsters, Guns, and Zombies. Okay. I'm going to look that up by you. Okay. Uh, the Boy at the Dock. Mm-hmm. I wrote only thing, and that is missing a key piece of information that you might have noted. I didn't write down what his name was. So hold, please, for just a moment. Sure. It is, in fact, a movie. It is not well 
rated. <laughs> gotcha. Surprising literally mm-hmm. no one. This is a, a an actor named Maxwell Newman. Uh, and he uh, he would this is his only thing that I that I noted. I have a question here. How many lighters things how many lighter things does this guy have which we've talked about? I so all I have left is a is a um what a novelization idea segment if you are good for me to do. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, let's hear yeah. about it. All right. So, this was fascinating to me. This is the surprise that I told you I had uh, when we were talking a couple days ago. So this is uh at the docks Kruger has taken the boy hostage and thrown him in the water. Mm -hmm. Steve looked down at the water. He couldn't let Kruger get away, but he also couldn't let the boy drown. Go get him, the boy shouted, interrupting Steve's thoughts. I can swim. Great, Steve muttered, more to himself than the kid. I can't, but he had no choice. The boy was okay, and Kruger had to be stopped. Taking a deep breath, Steve ran to the edge of the pier and jumped. You know, I some that's the one action that he does in this movie that I somehow didn't even consider. I mean, like I had mentioned that he kind of like is like a dolphin in the yeah. water. And so I was thinking about like how, yeah, sure, humans can't swim like that. So in my head, I was commentating on that. Yeah. But in all the other ones, I even mentioned like something that he's never done before. Right. Of course, if the man can't run. Right. For sure, this sickly Poor lad that has like discharge in his ears and asthma. Asthma alone will let you in, kid. Right? He like surely he's never been able to hold his breath to swim. Right. You know, so he's like, oh my god, I'm like, he's probably like, I'm immediately gonna die. I just got this body. I'm gonna wreck it, but I gotta try. I guess I'll try. Oh, I did. I execute a perfect dive. I did. Oops. That's just me. That's just Steve being Steve. <laughs> that's just me being silly. But I did take notes when I was watching the Olympics last year. <laughs> the Olympics. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Olympics. Yeah. Wait, was that in this episode or last episode? That what? was in, I think that was in, in uh, episode nine. I think that was in the first one. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. See, again, time is weird, right? It is. But that's a great callback, but probably also <laughs> wasn't in the episode. But, you know, we'll have yeah. to keep an eye on that. Yeah, so uh, that is, I thought that was very interesting. And I understand why they took it out because it would leave the audience being like, wait, wait, hold on. What? What what, is, what, is, what does he mean? Like, mm-hmm. we don't need the audience at this point in this part of the thrilling chase scene to be like, he can't swim? What? what? I feel like you could give them like a, like as he turns, right? To kind of chase after a sure hope I can. Yeah. Sure yeah. hope I can would be excellent. Very good, very good line addition. You know, like because like I because I, I think that that's a very Rogers, especially forty three Rogers yeah. sounding line. Yeah. He frequently says things like, "Well, you know, you know, got you know, got hit with mustard gas, couldn't shake it, right?" Like that's where yeah. I sure hope I can. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I'm still a little bit formal, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I hope that's fine. Yeah, exactly. With all that said, shall I take us to some social media? Let me think about it. Do I have anything else left in the chamber? Nope. Okay, yeah. Throw the, throw, throw the kid in the river. <laughs> Ploosh. Um, <laughs> what if instead of saying let's go social media, from now on we just call it, ah, throw the kid in the river. <laughs> and then new time listeners who yeah, start from say. there go, what the <laughs> hell does that mean? So, uh, hi. Uh, we have a twitter handle for this podcast which you can find at timeline scav now if you want uh access to sort of our network and and what other shows we have there and sort of what's going on with that you can go to scavengers net at scavengers net on twitter uh but if you want to ask me 
if I can swim or how long I've known how to swim, you could find me at Unabashed James. Colin? Yeah. If if someone wanted to see, check up on just how many lighter triggers you have on your person at the moment, where could they ask you that on Twitter? If, if you know. Oh, 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 I really hope that was going to make a sound. It, it really didn't. That's a shame. Uh, I was trying to do some Foley for you folks. Um, you can find me, though, at Colin M. Parker. If you want to follow the guy that um, that composed the intro and outro music that we that you hear at the beginning of then at the beginning and end of the show, you can follow uh, Nick Bramald at N B R A M A L D or at Nick Bramald Composer <sighs> Colin, I'm I'm exhausted on behalf of Steve Rogers from this no, chase Sam. scene. <laughs> like, I cannot imagine running that much. God. It's just so yeah. much running. Oof, so much running. Um, and then picking up a door and then also falling off of a speeding, well, speeding meaning 30 miles an hour car. Uh, yeah. Which also somehow flipped going that yeah. that speed. Yeah, okay, sure. They, they, they did the thing that, that always, uh, I like it, but it also freaks me out when they put the camera on the flipping car. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is a moment of like, oh, God. oh no, it's fine. It's fine. It's right, fine. It's right. Fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. A little bit um, like not- the people who freaked out about the train going right at the camera in one of the first, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh my God. The way that those same people, you know, okay, this probably is impossible, right? Because of like age times. But the first person who probably saw that car, that, that train, and tried to dodge out of the way, thinking that it was coming for them, probably also watched Captain America 1. And when Steve Rogers does the moment where you know that that scene was made for the 3D movie viewers, where the shield comes right at the camera, also probably was like, not again. Yeah. (laughs) Why did I skip Friday the 13th 3 back in the 80s? This would have prepared me. But Colin, uh, I'm going to go take a nap. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, I'm feeling um, that. Before, before, let's just, let's say our goodbyes. As always, I am James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. Excelsior. Happy birthday, Steve. God, James, did you get a gift for Steve? Oh, uh, I got him this blue vial of liquid. Oh, crap, I dropped it. Oh, God. Oh, it's going everywhere. Uh, Let's just sign the same card and say it's from both of us. Great. Fantastic. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.